All right, welcome everybody to our latest MX Vice SMX Review Show podcast as we talk all things Arlington from what was a fascinating weekend of action. Firstly, thank you everyone for listening and supporting the site. We really appreciate it. We'd also like to thank our sponsors in Fly Racing, Fox, Scott and Whole Shop Motorhomes, as well as Even Strokes for all their incredible support. As without them, none of this would obviously be possible. All right, for this episode, we have another Whiskey Throttle Times MX Vice collab as I'm joined by Whiskey Throttle Editor-at-Large, Jeff Beaver. Firstly, how's life? And thanks for joining us, mate. Looked like a good one in Arlington. Yeah, man, it was a, it was a great weekend and a very long one. I walked in the door where I'm staying five minutes ago. I got up at, uh, I've, I've already got a 12-hour day in and it's noon West Coast time in the United States. So uh, got, I got three hours sleep after a very epic day. And uh, yeah, it was an absolute blast. So uh I think my ass left some skid marks across the gravel when I walked from my truck to my door, but uh, I'm good. We're going to bang out a podcast, and then I'm going to snooze for a couple hours. Oh, mate, yeah, cheers for joining us. Sounds like a massive weekend for you, and we're also joined by MX Vice tester Brad Wheeler, so how's life, and thanks for joining us too, mate. Uh, yeah, it's not too bad. Could possibly have been a lot better. Um, <clears throat> I was saying earlier that, uh, yeah, I was supposed to be in Florida about now, uh for the triumph launch but um yeah basically i'll give you a brief synopsis of what's happened in the past week i um filled in like an online application to renew my passport because it runs out in july i didn't have any pending trips until sort of may times so i thought i'd get it done um yeah sent my old passport back a week ago on thursday got a phone call on Friday from the guys at Triumph saying, yeah, doing the Triumph launch. Um, sorry, it's a little bit last minute. Uh, it's in Florida. Next Sunday, are you available? Um, you're not really going to say no. So we just said, yeah, and just sort of preempted that might not have a passport, so don't book a flight yet. Uh, so yeah, rang his, rang her, yeah, his majesty's passport office about 700 times in the week, trying to get the passport back um yeah after several emails several phone calls uh on friday they assured me it'd be back on saturday um yeah watch the postman walk down the road on saturday hand me my post with no passport so yeah pretty cheesed off about the whole situation um but they said they'll be doing a uk launch in march ish time so we'll get on that one and yeah just yeah should have sent the pass should have renewed my passport earlier like my wife suggested but so partly my fault but mainly his majesty's passport officer's fault but hey Uh, you're not gonna hear the end of that one you're not gonna hear the end of that one from your wife bro you better write that down (laughs) it is a real kick in the teeth i mean not very not many not very often you get a chance to ride a a brand new machine, let alone a, a new model from a manufacturer, but a brand new manufacturer as well. So, yeah, I mean, hopefully they'll bring out a 450 and uh, maybe the Ducati launch as well. Mm. So maybe, Ooh, that would fingers crossed, Harley, Harley Davidson make a bike as well or something. <laughs> yeah, nah. I, I had that thought recently and I was hoping that Harley would do something, but I just don't see it, dude. Yeah, I don't know. I yeah, it could be wrong, but I, I, I that would be rad if Harley built a bike. They'd sell millions yeah. of them just from <laughs> all the old fat guys with beer bellies and handlebar mustaches that wanted to be cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't see any. I think, I think if you see another brand, it'll be like an older brand that's come back, like Mako or Kajiva, you know, something like that, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty good place for the sport, isn't it? There's like people wanting to get back into it, which is awesome, mate. So hopefully, yeah, the Triumph test, you can get to the one in the UK and Europe, mate, because, uh, yeah, that's a bit of a disaster for you. But, yeah, hopefully. You never know. Is it possible it could come tomorrow, the passport? But we'll, we'll keep the eyes peeled, mate. Hopefully you make it there somehow. So, but, yeah, on to the racing, and I'll start with you. Jeff, obviously, being there, and then Brad can have his thoughts afterwards. I guess we'll start with Faulkner's crash, just devastating for, you know, such a great rider. He's been through so much adversity in his career. It's been quite a like, long career now already, and he's 
he's had so much disaster. He's had so many wins as well, so many good moments, but everyone sort of was hoping for the best, praying for the best when he went down then. And thankfully his dad's sort of posted an update this morning saying that his scan in his head came back good, fractured L3 and L4 in the back, no surgery on that one that's going to heal on its own also a broken scapula which will heal on its own so no surgery needed i guess in the grand scheme of things how nasty that crash was probably the best we could hope for but we hope to see him back out there as soon as possible and you know getting those wins again so how was it from you mate it would have been pretty tense moments on the floor in arlington yeah i mean qualifying everything was great and uh i don't know if you guys caught it or if they showed it on the tv broadcast i'll probably watch that and doze off here after we get done but uh Vial had a, a similar crash in the same spot, and uh, McAdoo almost ate it uh, over the same jump, same thing. I think the only thing to save McAdoo is he's real tall and lanky, and his his natural suspension, you know, his legs kind of soaked it up. Uh, Forkner, uh, he just got bitch slapped by his bike and went flying, and it just sucked, man. I mean. If you think about it, he won every race he entered up to, you know, both heats in his main uh, at Detroit. You know, he won the heat at Detroit, the main at Detroit. He won his heat last night. I mean, he was on he was on fire. You know, he, uh, Hamaker got uh, fastest qualifier, which was freaking rad. Uh, we'll talk about that later. But, uh, you know, he, he still looked great all night, you know, and, and there was just a vibe around him. I, I talked to him at the truck. He, he was just super good mood you know uh we talked about one of his other gnarly events uh at washugo last year when he uh, uh cheese gratered himself in his rear tire and uh you know i asked him what they did with that jersey and he said oh fox is framing it up and like gonna put it up at the thing and i was like dude that was just you're a savage for that one you know and he just kind of smiled and just gave him a fist bump but he his uh his his mental state of mind, he just he looked like he was on top of the world, man. And uh, me and Bruce were talking about this on the drive back from the airport just a few minutes ago. Like, you know, it's not like he was riding around in sixth, seventh place, and then he ate shit. And oh, you know, there goes Fort Worker crashing again. No, it was nothing like that. The dude was a game, top of the world just ready to go. It, it just sucked because I think the whole industry was ready to see Austin do his thing, you know, and um, we all all kind of wanted to uh, um, see him win, you know, and and just do good. And I, I don't know. It, it, it The whole thing was frustrating. I didn't see the wreck itself. Uh, he was um, over on the rhythm lane after the start. And I was in the center by the pylons and I heard the crowd just go nuts. And I looked over and I could see the Alpine stars guys sprinting like the whole crew ran. So you knew something bad happened. And then two seconds later, I turned around and I see Deegan pop up in the air and his, his green lights were on. I was like, Oh crap. Austin went down. Hope it's not bad. And then they were over there for a while. So, you know, it wasn't good, but yeah, it just kind of took the wind out of the night, you know, when, knowing that he got hurt that bad yeah your thoughts on the whole thing brad just before we sort of transition to your thoughts just get some stats from paul pierce he's just sent these through the arlington stat attack you can check that out online but yeah obviously the most consistent lap times while he was racing faulkner only had 1.41 seconds between his fastest and slowest so it just shows how well he was going and he had the fastest lap time of the main event ahead of hymas and deegan so led 16 laps it was all trending in a fine direction for him to keep up the momentum until it wasn't wasn't it brad yeah, he looked he looked really good, just sort of like real like in a neutral position on the bike, wasn't sort of overriding it, like over the front, over the back. He was real sort of yeah, central on the bike, letting the bike move underneath him where it needed to, and yeah, just sort of hitting his marks and things were going things were going really well. And then um yeah, it looked like he just sort of um, I mean, the guys seemed like they were clipping the the edge of that table like all night, really. But it just seemed like he clipped it a little bit too much, and it chucked his weight forward, and then his his left hand come off, and then yeah, obviously hit that next that next take off, and yeah, shot him off to the right, and yeah, real slap onto the concrete, which yeah, pretty brutal. But um, they did they did I did see a picture and a video of him sort of walking off like slightly aided, but obviously conscious and um a bit with it so yeah i think i think i read somewhere that his, his dad said like his 
one of his contact lenses came out or something mm. halfway through the main event or something. So, I mean, I don't know if that would have that played a, a part in it. I don't know how bad his vision is without his contacts, but um, yeah, just yeah. I mean, it's just a a mistake. Just one of those things that happens in Supercross. It's just uh unforgiving sport. You'd make a, a a little judgment error and it can bite you in the ass. And uh, but yeah, I mean, hopefully it's. Nothing too serious, and um, we sort we obviously he's probably going to miss a, a few rounds, but hopefully we see him back before the end of the end of the Supercross season. Fingers crossed, because um, yeah, I don't think anyone can argue that he was he was the best guy really <clears throat> up until that point. Like Jeff said, he won both his heats in the main. He nailed the starts, and yeah, looked just looking like the Faulkner really that we saw in twenty nineteen, minus the um, just the. Uh, he was just less erratic, just looked much more in control. But um, yeah, as it is, this why we line up each week is anything can happen. So yeah, <clears throat> but Brit's got the red plate. So who'd have, who'd have thought that the best 250 Supercross rider in the world was a Brit? There you go. Yeah, we'll sort of touch on him later. His great ride to come back through the field after a rough start, but he just put yourself in the position, I guess, to be there. And he's sort of with all the carnage going around him. It's pretty cool to see Ansi doing that, continuing his excellent sort of recent Supercross resurgence. He's been great. So obviously, we'll start with you on the Deegan sort of topic as well, Jeff. Obviously, so much fanfare and always something going on around Deegan. And he obviously got that win and did the ghost ride. And a lot of people, the fans, are just so divisive on his character and the comments and the way he holds himself. Obviously, he made that comment saying he put the pressure on Faulkner and you know all of them have come out in droves for and against him but pretty impressive ride he's an absolute weapon on a dirt bike and really showed no signs of those injuries he's got that sort of killer mindset and sort of puts on that really sort of staunch sort of persona that he just like looks ready for action and ready for any sort of fight but yeah the fitness looked good the riding was solid he said he was ready to sort of engage in a duel with Faulkner he felt that he was catching him so would have been pretty cool if we got to see that in the dying stages of the race but yeah Deegan pretty impressive mate how is it from your perspective to the fans in Dallas love him or hate him or both oh the the fans absolutely loved him i mean short of ap he got the biggest ovation uh i mean i think right now he's probably the biggest draw in the sport i mean especially after the the win last night i i think daytona is going to go absolutely bonkers when he comes out um i mean he's he's got the world by the balls right now and um yeah, I mean, hey, he says things. He's a he's a showman. Uh, he's just like his dad. He he's gonna stir the pot a little bit. And uh, you know, in the press conference last night, he says, "Hey, you know, I got my fans who support me and my haters who motivate me." You know, basically, kind of the gist of what he said. I mean, he he knows what's up. He's 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 great at the mind games. Uh, I didn't happen to catch what he said on the podium. Um, but uh, it's kind of hard to hear what they're saying. It's so echoey down there on the floor, right, with the all the mics and everything. So I, I didn't quite catch what he said. But uh, and I was talking to his mechanic a lot of that time. But uh, yeah, he you know he 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 plays the game, and man, he looked good. Um, he ran it up in on Austin in one of the heat races, but he kept it super clean. You know, um, I really really wish that we could have seen that battle uh, come to a head because I think they would have both kept it clean. I I think Deegan, he, he wants to beat people, but he wants to beat people clean, you know? And uh, I mean, he's not afraid to stuff a wheel in there, but he's not going to send you into the cheap seats either. You know, um, I, I, it, it would have been epic, but I guess we'll never know uh, at least this year uh, uh, with, uh, what his dad put out. I mean, you, that's going to take time to heal. The, the season's going to be over before he's good to go. Um, I mean, Rhino's probably got some crazy hippie shit that he can do, but I mean, I just, I don't see it coming back from that that quick, you know? I mean, Seth uh, had those compression fractures after SMX and it took him a while to get back on the bike. And just, I think that's one of those things you got to let heal up, but I think Austin will be back. I, I don't think uh, he's going to go out like that. Um, you know, I was talking to one of the PC guys today at the airport and he says, Hey, he's come back from worse. And you know, yeah, he has, you know, when he took that handlebar to the gut and I what do you think he lost his spleen or something, but 
uh, you know, and he had an internal injury that was pretty gnarly and he came back from that. So a couple cracked vertebrae, yeah, that's bad. And, uh, but it's all, what's well, all bone fractures at the end of the day and don't require surgery. He'll heal up good. He's just going to be in a lot of pain for a couple of weeks. And, but we haven't seen the last of him and hopefully he can get healed up and get dialed and come back for outdoors because his, his racing was just awesome to watch. I mean, he was fast as, you know, the fast AF, you know, he was, he was on it and, uh, wish him nothing but the best and hope he gets back uh, sooner than later. And, uh, um, I think his mental game's pretty tough. I don't think it's going to really destroy him. Uh, I think he'll, he'll use it as a tool to even be harder than he was this time when he came back. I just hope the stars align for him and he, we can get a, a full season out of him to where he has a base to build off of, you know, cause they all talk about, you know, the injuries just, you need that base to, build off of and come back and, and, and get your confidence up and, and, um, and just start laying some wood down and get comfortable and, and seat time. And, and, you know, it kind of, I, I wonder because I've never ridden at that level. Like when you have so much time off the bike, is there things, you know, you can do and then you just go to do them, but your timing's off a little bit. Does some of that have to play into it? I don't know. And and maybe Brad can speak to that because he rides at a much higher level than I ever have. But, you know, is, is that a kind of a contributing factor when you've been off so long and you've been at a level before, do you start getting comfortable and, and going after uh, moves on the track and then it bites you? I, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't think he made a mistake. I think it was just a, uh, you were playing with fractions of inches and it just caught him. you know? I mean, it, it caught uh, Vial, it caught uh, McAdoo and almost got McAdoo. So I don't think it was just necessarily a, uh, Austin made a mistake. I just think uh, it, it was just one of those things where the fractions of inches got him. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I think it, I mean, these guys are so in tune with their, with their bikes and the way they ride, like things just, they're just like second nature, just like breathe into them. Um, but yeah, I think with, uh, you have a lot of time off. It's, it's not that they can't do it anymore. Just, um, the i guess the the speed that your brain tells you to do it down to like you actually doing it is slightly delayed to what it would be if you're constantly riding at that level um but yeah i don't think his crash can be attributed to to that i think it was yeah just purely just a like you said just a, a fraction out and yeah bit him in the ass but um i mean <clears throat> yeah hayden um, I I hold my hands up. I'm not a, I'm not a massive, not a massive Danger Boy fan. I I've got no issues with him really. Just not a big fan. But you you got to respect the hell out of the kid. Um, the way he rides, he he rides with a lot of heart. He he's aggressive. He's you can tell he's put the put the work in. He's not flat like flagging at the end of the races. And yeah, I mean he'll he'll race you hard. He'll race you. He'll race you fair for the most part. I mean. Um, he had a little run in uh with um, was it Faulkner in the heat race and uh, but I, I don't have an issue with it. I mean, you're out there to you're out there to win whether it's a heat race or not. And I think um, yeah, I'd have done the same thing if you can get in there and rub elbows with someone and throw them off their game. Then fuck it, get in there, do it. And I um, but I I don't have an issue with the way he rises the podium interviews that that get me. I just I mean, um. I'll, I'll give you a brief um lowdown of what he said jeff you didn't hear it but um i'm pretty sure at one point he he sort of said his little piece about how the race went and then it was just like like a welcome to the danger zone baby and uh <laughs> it, i mean i don't know i don't know if the crowd heard it or got into it but what the there was no crowd noise picked up on the mic it was just dead and uh then he really doubled down with the horns and the the tongue through through the horn is like fuck, and I just wanted to die at that point. I was just like, <laughs> just like Homer Simpson backing into the bushes. It was, uh, uh, yeah. yeah, it was um a bit sickening to listen to. But um, I mean, like he's like you said, he's a he's a showman, just like his old man. So I mean, some people love it. I I I'd, I'd rather not have to listen to it, but um. 
I mean, yeah, you got to respect the kid. The uh, the effort has been put in. You can tell by the way he rides. It's um, it's energetic and uh, yeah, he lays it all out there. So yeah, I'm like congrats to him for getting his first Supercross win. Um, and yeah, the Ghost Ride, I think I think it's awesome. I mean, if if you're uh, if you're good enough to be part of a family where you've got like your old man's won a won a supercross race and like he's done something this sort of stood the test of time and uh you get that opportunity to do something similar you you, you run with it because <clears throat> it's just one of those things um i think he did the right thing by not doing it over the finish double um probably would have been a bit sketchy so i think um yeah it was a smart move on his part as a finish the race and then just sort of do it over that little step on step off. But um yeah, just uh trying to like if for example like uh um Hack and Carquist stopped for the the beer in the moor. If uh if he had a had a son that had a massive lead at GP, you bet your ass he's gonna stop for a beer. It's uh it's just one of those <laughs> things and like the ghost the ghost ride is it's um it's like renowned with the Deegan name. So um yeah, he got his win, done the ghost ride, and I think uh his fans are lap it up. But um we can we can move on. But yeah, congrats to him. And uh yeah, it was obviously a good rebound after his first round where he had a bit of a bit of a shitter. So yeah. Yeah, it's always exciting racing and pretty unpredictable, the 250s. And it was good to see McAdoo getting on the box in this one. Obviously, great ride up to the last round's efforts where Jeff was sort of documented it and had a pretty uh, balls-out photo of him there, mate. But it was good to see him bounce back. <laughs> and he's right up there in terms of the title contenders, for sure. He's a great rider, really fast. And you know, he's one that likes to lay it all on the line as well. And VR, really impressive effort there. You feel like that was a really great ride. It should give him a lot of confidence. And he's sort of coming along quite nicely in Supercross. And after that huge crash, he recovered pretty well to get that podium even though you know he probably wouldn't have got it without Faulkner's incident but yeah that's his first podium in Supercross and I guess the win will be on the cards for him next class is pretty open so you start with your thoughts on McAdoo and Vial mate because they were pretty impressive weren't they yeah um hey when I was at the press conference Cameron would come walking in and that was the first time I'd seen him like walking around uh you know just all over the place yesterday and he's He's uh he the berries aren't uh they're they're not ripe yet they're still pretty green uh he's uh, uh he's he's pretty sore and and freaking Jace McAlpin oh god that guy's comedy yeah he, he, him and I were pretty much the only guys in the press conference and then everybody else was virtual and he just he he, he had, you know how Jace has his way of saying shit and it's just it's smooth funny as shit. And, and, uh, and I followed up a question, but he, he brought up the, he's like, Oh, I'm not going to talk about the berries. And then he totally went into the berries and talking <laughs> about how I could get him a plug with uh, manscaped and you know, yeah. how, how nice his plums were. And I'm like, fuck dude, really? Uh, come on, man. <laughs> I'm trying to like, keep it between the lines here on, on the Feld uh, press conference. And you're talking about his plums. I even made a comment on my, man, how do I follow that one, dude? You know? And, uh, uh, but yeah, he, he, you could tell he, he still, uh, uh, he, he, he tore some things. He tore some skin down there he had a bleeder. So, uh, it's still bugging him a little bit. Then I, I guess he banged up his knee pretty good. So the fact that his balls, uh, uh, went through a meat grinder and then he smacked his knee real good and then still came back and got on a podium. I mean, the, the, the kid's a warrior, you know, he, uh, anybody rides around naked, uh, in front of the whole world and on TV, uh, and then with a, a knee that's mangled and his nutsack torn apart, and then can come back a couple a couple weeks later and and uh, podium. Yeah, the dude's a savage. Uh, I mean, he he had like the world's worst highlight reel hook on your bike flip a couple years ago. I think that was in Atlanta, and he came back and raced the main, yeah, which was pretty sketchy, but the dude does not know how to quit. I mean, I think he's right up there with Deegan or any of those guys when it comes to being a savage, he's just a quiet savage. You know what I mean? But the dude's got no quit in him. So that was rad. And yeah, Vial, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I make no, uh, qualms that I'm a big Seth fan and, uh, you know, I was like, come on, go, go, go. And when Vial passed him, I was like, damn it. You know, I wanted to get him on the box and, uh, uh, talk to him in the press conference, but we'll, we'll get there, you know, but, uh, I was stoked for Vial because, Hey man, 
that's pretty rad. What they said it was his twelfth, twelfth attempt at uh, racing, and he's already on the box. So that was pretty cool. Um, I was gonna ask him a question in the press conference, and then I just, I don't know, my brain was pretty shut off. I I asked something to Deegan, and then Dan kind of wrapped up the press conference that I probably could have said, Hey, hold on, I got something for Vial, but my brain was uh pretty much a pile of mush. But I wanted to ask him, you know, hey, you know, now that you've made the podium, what was your plan coming in? Did you guys have an expert did you set a goal of beat on the podium by X round or was this just a learning year, you know, uh, kind of continuation? You know, what what were your thoughts? Uh I, I wish I would have asked him that question, but uh uh, Gebhardt asked him a couple of questions from uh, Vermoto, uh, asked him a question, but Tom was pretty sore and I, I don't think he was too upset not to do a lot of talking. I think he wanted to get the hell out of there and go to bed. Uh, he, he, he looked like a whoop puppy. So, but yeah, uh, I think uh, he, he showed some speed in his riding last night. It, uh, I think he stepped up his game pretty good and, and Marv, uh, Marv was on our whiskey throttle show uh recently and uh he was talking about working with Vial and like uh last year he was just going to the races with him well this year he's like working with him working with him so I think there's going to be some definite improvements there and uh you know Marv was a real crafty racer and super super fast and I think you're going to see a lot of that uh transfer into Vial and and morph his riding style and uh, you're going to see some technique in him in the coming weeks that we didn't see last year or you know, may not have expected, but I think he's gonna he's gonna hurt some feelings here coming up pretty quick. You know, uh, the the dude's a world champion for a reason, and uh, I'm stoked to just see it because you know, with Forkner out, uh, we're gonna need somebody who can get up there besides McAdoo and Hammaker that and uh, and uh, your your boy over there Max that can hurt some feelings. You know, we want to be like the 450 class where shit nobody knows who's gonna win. You know. So I, I think it's absolutely fantastic what he did. Yeah, it's good for um good for Tom get his first podium. He was so close, um, like his first round last year, um, just sort of tipped over in that turn in, in Houston. But um yeah, good for him to get his first podium. He moved up past Seth. Um yeah, Seth made a bit of a charge towards the end, closed the gap right in, but um yeah, just a little bit too late. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously it wouldn't have happened had Fortner not crashed, but, um, yeah, ifs and buts, candies and nuts. Um, yeah, and obviously Max didn't really get the start he wanted, sort of got into a bit of a back and forth with Pierce. Was the, the gist I got from just watching the timing screen didn't actually show any of it, but they seem to be going backwards and forwards a lot on the, on the timing screen, so... I think that might have slowed him up a little bit. I think maybe he could have got um could have got to fifth. Um, but still he's got the points lead. And yeah, it's listening to his interview after the race, he seemed seemed pretty happy with his riding, seems happy on the bike, and I think uh, a comfortable Max Anstey is a, a Max Anstey that can do some damage, especially with one of the top guys going out now is one last guy that he's he's got to contend with and i mean deegan is not deegan's still like not even second in the points he's still he's still fifth and still seven points down so not obviously not a massive gap but it's uh something to play with i think max will be good at daytona um i think that i think that track sort of suits him a little bit with being a little bit softer and sandy and not not so wide open i think that will play into his favor um so yeah i think we're in for a, i think we're in for a good year i think obviously that first turn crash at round one is really sort of spice the spice the championship up with because i think i think deegan and and mcadoo are, are are quicker than max so it's it's good um that they've got to try and make up points and he's just got a sort of uh try and maintain but obviously it's uh there's still there's still some racing left to go so you can't just uh um maintain too much you're still gonna have to go out and beat him heads up at some point so yeah i think we're in for a a good good remaining east 250 east series 
Yeah, well said, mate. And any final thoughts before we jump into the 450 class, Jeff? Or Brad, obviously, Hammaker getting fourth was excellent. Pierce Brown, fifth, really talented rider. He was on your site lap podcast last week on Whiskey Throttle, wasn't he? And he really had some cool things to say. Everything's coming together, and soon he should be sort of battling for podiums and wins his feeling. So super talented rider. So once he pieces it all together, gets a really nice start, he should be up there, shouldn't he, mate? Yeah, I mean, Pierce is great. And Pierce, you know, he doesn't have quite the... Um, rough road that like Forkner's had, but he's had a rough road too, you know, with injuries and stuff like that. And we've never even really, really got to see his stuff. And so uh getting a fifth last night and he he's stepping up his game. And I think he's at the point in his career and his riding that he he now has a taste of what he needs to do and and um you know the heat race win uh recently and I think he he's got all the components to to squeak out a, a race win and be up there and, and be one of the guys. I just think he's just got to do a little more polishing and he'll be right there, uh, get his starts and run up front. And I think uh, he'll be one of the main contenders. I mean, he's a great guy, great personality, uh, ripper on a bike. He just he's almost there, and I th I think he'll get there. I think we'll see it before the season's over, you know, and. Uh, Seth, uh, I don't know what happened in the main. I don't know if just Tom was just faster or if Seth uh, um, got tired. I, I don't know. I haven't looked at the lap times or anything like that to kind of figure out if he – does anybody know if his lap times fell off? Did he stay consistent or did Tom just run him down? You know, uh, Tom Tom was on a heater, you know. Pissed off little French guy, uh, probably hard to beat, you know. Um, you know, uh, I, I don't know what happened there, but I, I really want to see Seth stuff. Uh, him getting P1 was freaking rad. Uh, um, I think he was eight and eighth in the first qualifying, then P1, and then uh, did real good in the in the in the, uh, heat race. Uh, got a third, I think, in the heat race, and then he was running third for a while in the main, you know, and it was like. Come on, buddy. You can do it. You can do it. But I think he'll get there. I, I want to see him get his uh, next win. Um, I think it'll be good for his uh, confidence. And, uh, you know, he, he's come back from a real long road, too. It's, you know, at PC, man, uh, I don't know what the juju is over there, but it's just like, man, they just got the worst luck the last couple of years. So I'm praying, knock on wood, that uh, – that's over now, and the rest of the boys, uh, east and west, can finish it out and um, and show their best stuff. And uh, just really, I want everybody to just walk away healthy. And you know, we we had a decimated 450 field last year, and I don't want to see the 250 field end up like that this year. You know, and just kind of hope that's the end of it, and uh, we can we can have some badass racing through October. That's what I hope. Yeah, before we go to the four fifties, did did anyone see the heat two of the two fifties? It was absolute mayhem for the last transfer spot between mm. uh Hardy, Munoz, Brock Pappy and um Linville. Yeah. Fucking hell, those three were just going at it. Like Hardy caught him up, made the pass, and then Linville just like tees him off, sends him over into the whoops, and he like doubles back from the whoops onto the track. It was fucking mayhem. It was the best bit of racing I've seen in ages. And like, I mean, Hardy is like full send all the time. Mm. And like, props to him. He, that section where um, Forkner ate shit, he did the same thing, but just like in pure Hardy fashion, just fully rode it out as just it was unbelievable it was at anyone who's not anyone who skips the heat races just watch the main event this is a map it because that was the best bit of racing i've seen it in a while that is worth going back and watching i'm tempted to like watch it in a minute again just for entertainment and also i forgot to say on deegan's podium interview he was talking about um <clears throat> fortner's crash and just yeah, just like talking about like the pressure getting to him, and it was just like fucking hell, mate. Like boats just led sparked out on the floor. Like give him, some, give him some credit. It was like fucking listening to Ivan Drago talk about Apollo Creed. Just like I saw that meme. Dies, Moto he meme. dies. He dies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like Jesus, dude. It's like just say yeah, he was riding. He was riding really well. This, but 
it's it's tough out there and then just leave it there. He just kept kept sort of beating him. But yeah, I mean you gotta love the two fifty class. Absolutely, mate. Yeah, there's a little a bit of experience. Yeah, absolutely. And a quick shout out to Shock as well. Tied for third in the points after his eighth place. Really cool to see him holding his own at the moment. And that Club MX switch has just been ideal for him. And obviously on the Cooper Webb, start with you, Jeff. Obviously you asked him some great questions in that press conference, mate. You were holding your own there yourself. And yeah, he was sort of struggling all night, wasn't he? But he... I guess put himself in position to get that win. He loves Texas and I believe they were saying first race win in almost a year as well. So pretty impressive. He turned his fortunes around on the night. And I guess back east, definitely ominous signs for the rest of the field. And he's a mindset guy. And obviously he said he wasn't feeling so great. And the team sort of instilled in him that he's a really bad dude on the dirt bike and he can do whatever. So he needed that little bit of a perk up and it definitely worked. And must be pretty fascinating under that Star Yamaha truck with you got Deegan, Tomac, Webb. There's so many heavy hitters with really strong mindsets. So how was it? from you mate how good was Webb and obviously time that you can talk on as well yeah Webb Webb um, uh, Webb was was on it yesterday and uh, you know I still think Jet's a click above everybody else Jet's just Jet's beating himself you know he's he, you know he's uh got a little bit of James Stewart in him you know he he's kind of doing some cows type types type stuff he's just crash or win right and he needs to probably staff those tough blocks and give him a little little more leeway because he, he just keeps uh seeing i think that's what i saw he kind of clipped one again and uh he just flirts with disaster a little too much and uh you know i think he'll reel that in but you know web if you make a mistake web's going to be there to mop it up and uh yeah i think it was rad to see him just get a straight up win um you know he got the overall at the triple crown and and so that's number two on the year but it kind of you know that's why i asked him in the press conference it kind of reminds me of the 21 season where it was okay, but it wasn't great. And then all of a sudden he just, you know, it was like a diesel engine, you know, diesel doesn't run so great when it's cold in the morning, but once you get that some bitch running and going, get out, you know, it's just going to keep pulling, you know, and I think he's just getting ahead of steam. So uh, this feels a lot like the 21 season for me with Coop. Uh, I just, I think he's going to, Depending on how Daytona goes for him, if he ends up on the box in Daytona, I think everybody ought to really uh, be a little worried. Um, if if Tomac and and Jetson just make him look silly, and AP goes out there and and has a great race, and he doesn't make the box, it may uh, douse the flames a little bit. But if if he ends up on the box at Daytona, I think it's a bad sign for everybody else because. Uh, don't let that guy get comfortable because he'll kick your ass. You know, he's a, he's a gnarly little dude. Uh, he's, uh, he's, what does Deegan say? He's got the dog in him. So um, he'll get after it. And then uh, Tomac, uh, that was nice to see Tomac come back. You know, he said he fought arm pump pretty bad at Detroit. Uh, said it was pulling the bike down and, and uh, you know, just kind of kicking the shit out of him. And, uh, Boy, that that heat race with him and AP, God, that man, you should have seen that live in person. Those guys were going so fast; it, it was just silly being five feet from them as they came over that uh, the finish line and then hit that little table on deal uh, across the start straight. Dude, they were going so fast; it was just it was silly. I was just jaw on the floor. I think I was forgetting to take pictures, you know, half the time because I was just watching. I was like, oh, my God, dude, these guys are like warp speed right now. You know, uh, they were moving. So that was great to see him. And then, you know, uh, in the press conference, uh, Jace asked him about, oh, he's just so damn loud on that bike. And, and Jace was right, man. You mm -hmm. could hear Tomac coming through the crowd. He was just getting it and getting it. And I think if he had a couple more laps, he, that would – could you imagine him and his own teammate just – going at it and neither one of them is going to give each other an inch, you know, they're, uh, I think they'd race each other pretty clean, whether they were on the same team or not, but that would, that would have been an all time battle for a couple laps. I think if, if it would have just happened a little earlier, but uh, in the press conference, he's like, Hey man, you know, and somebody asked him if it was beast mode and he goes, well, I didn't go backwards this time and I was coming through the pack. So yeah, I'd say so, you know, so I think maybe we got a little taste of the beast mode coming back. And, uh, you know, uh, he said that the, those comments uh, about being the old guy, you know, they, they didn't sit well. And uh, that sometimes the old guy's got to kind of come back and 
remind the young guy that he's the young guy. Well, we all know who that jab was at. So it was kind of, hey, 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 all right, here it comes. It's building, you know. So I think next week in Daytona is going to be freaking epic because we all know Jets uh, – pretty formidable outdoors and that's the house that Tomac built. So and and Webb's in there and can't forget about AP. AP's riding like a madman. I, I think we're gonna have a, a wild night in Daytona. I, I think the those guys show some good stuff this weekend and I think it's all gonna come to a head next weekend. Yeah. I think um that's the I think that's the first time I think we've really seen uh true beast mode from Tomac since like 2017, I think. Just um yeah, the dude was just absolutely ripping through like that section through the sand, he was just everyone was sort of like slowing up to get on that inside berm and he was just railing the outside, carrying so much speed out of the sand. Um yeah, just like two to three seconds a lap quicker constantly than everyone else, like yeah, I think another lap or two, he he was gonna be um right on Webb's ass. Like this was this it was it was gonna be on. Um so yeah, I think to come from wherever he was, like eleventh or something, up to up to second is pretty phenomenal. And um yeah, like you said on the podium, he was he sounded feisty, like this thing he's he's back in this thing. I mean he I, he fully believes that. So, yeah, I mean, head of Daytona. I mean, the dude's just unbelievable at Daytona anyway. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I was ready to kind of write him off this year. I think it. I think uh, I was ready to call him done. But after watching that, and then heading to Daytona and hearing him on the on the podium, um, yeah, this thing's this thing's fully on. Jet's gonna need to really iron out these wrinkles. That he's um he's thrown away a lot of, not a lot of points but he's thrown away a fair amount of points now, which could like really play vital at the end of this year. I mean he's lost lost seven points like right there last night just a stupid little mistake on his own. Um, I mean the 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 freeze thing on the last lap. Um, I I don't really put that up to. Uh, it was just a, a racing incident. He was he saw a gap. He was going for it and. Just one of those things he clipped Vince's back wheel. I don't think that was Vince's fault. It wasn't really Jet's fault. It was just a racing thing. And uh yeah, Webb as well. Obviously, the first obviously won the the triple crown, but, but didn't actually win win one of the races. So this last like his first win. And yeah, another guy you don't really want to be giving confidence to. Um I think even though he uh even though he only one, well not only one because Jet crashed but even though he only got past Jet because he crashed, he was still right there like it wasn't, Jet was down for what, six seconds really six, seven seconds at most so he was still right there and sometimes when you're not feeling 100% you put yourself in a position where you can capitalise if if something like that does happen so yeah, I think uh, this thing has just um, just got just got a lot spicier for the next uh, 10 rounds or however many rounds we've got left. And um, I think it's a shame about Rocks and Mookie coming together. I think it's uh, those three, I think, are going to start to break away in the points, um, like Tomac, Webb and, and Jet. Um, even though Plessinger is, is third and Sexton's fourth, I think Sexton's really not on the pace, it doesn't look nowhere near as good as what he did on that Honda. He just looks, he kind of looks like Dungey did when he first moved to the KTM um, in 2012. Like, doesn't look bad, but doesn't have that pace um, that the front boys have got. Um, I think, I think Tomac's feeling comfortable again. So I think we're going to see it between Lawrence Webb and Tomac down the stretch. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating, mate. Well said. And obviously, interesting stats from Paul Pearcey. Obviously, Jet Lawrence led 23 of the laps in that main event. And Webb obviously capitalised. He only led four. And Jet's actually led 41% of all main event laps this year on 71, which is 44 more than anyone else. So it just shows what you were saying, Jeff. He's sort of beating himself, isn't he, mate? And obviously, onto the fastest lap times, Lawrence, Sexton, Cooper. Best average lap time, Webb, Tomac, Plessinger. 
And obviously most consistent lap times, Plessinger, Webb and Justin Cooper, who's just sort of simmering under the surface of those heavy hitters doing some really great rides. And obviously we've got to touch on AP in Texas, like you said so well in the press conference. Jeff, the cowboy landed on the podium in Texas, which was certainly fitting. So another consistent night for him on the podium again. You know, he's, he's actually one, as opposed to Sexton, who's probably still suffering the effects of that little injury there. But yeah, Plessinger's loving the bike, loving the team, just loving sort of being comfortable and up there every race. He's sort of a contender every time, isn't he, mate? So it's really cool to see Plessinger, and I bet the fans loved him there too. Yeah, when he got when he came in for opening ceremonies, it was unreal, dude. Uh, the crowd just went bananas. You know, like I said, like the Beatles rocked in the building, and uh, he he uh, he's he's just riding a wave right now that I don't think anybody else is riding. I don't even think Deegan's riding that wave, and I think I think the fans. Um, getting behind him like they are, I think a guy like that, I think it pumps him up. And, you know, I kind of touched on that in the press conference because it just – I like to see people's reactions. You can tell really how how much it, it, of the truth is in there. And and I got what I wanted. It, it, I think that, man, he he wakes up in the morning and he eats, breathes, and sleeps, the cowboy, and he loves that the people love him and it – it inspires him and gives him his confidence to go out there and do what he's doing. And, and, uh, and uh, I think it, then, then that I think reflects in his writing, you know? So um, he, he, uh, he's just killing it, you know? So I, I couldn't have been happier for him. And yeah, I mean, Cowboy has got to get on the podium in Texas. I think there's laws against that, you know, might've been a hanging or something. I don't know. It is Texas. Yeah. I think, um, yeah. AP in the heat race, that that battle he had going with um with Tobac was something else. I mean, you could see the track was just absolutely prime. They were laying down some heaters. Like the speed that they were carrying in some places was unreal. That that step on step off after the finish just was like it was just a straight. They like just on and off in a in a blink of an eye. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, I think uh, what did what did AP end up? He ended up third in the main yeah so again another example of when things aren't maybe possibly going your way in the main event you put yourself in the in the right positions and um if it's your your year you things things tend to fall your way and yeah ap again ends up on the box and finds himself just seven points off the off the points lead again so um I mean, he's he's riding in the heat race. I I said to I said to my wife, I said I think I think he's probably like the second best guy um, after Jet mm-hmm. in the heat race. Obviously, after watching the main event, it's feel a little bit different now. But um, he still he still seems to be one of the like the quickest the quickest out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mookie showed incredible speed in the heat race that. Um, that sort of three-way battle between Anderson, Jet, and and Mookie was a was a great bit of racing, and uh, yeah, I, uh, I mean the 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 two for a pass that Jet put on the pair of them was pretty pretty spectacular. I mean Mookie Mookie ended up getting backed by them, but or backed by Jet, but just uh, yeah, it was pretty. There were, to be fair, overall the whole the whole night there was some there was some good racing, not just in the main event, but in the heat races as well, like some good clean racing. I think the track really, really lent itself to, um, like clean passes. You know, not just like have to run in and t-bone the person into the cheap seats. So, I hope we get some more tracks like that, really, because um, I think the the racing was really good all night, and I'd like Hunter Lawrence again a pretty, pretty quiet main event really. Um, was up like sort of sat there third at the start and. Yeah, put in some solid laps to begin with and ended up fifth, which I'm pretty sure is his best result of the year. Uh, so I think, yeah, and I think a podium is on the cards for Hunter. Give him some things fall his way. Uh, I think he's um, I think he's capable of getting on that box now, which um probably wouldn't have said after the first three rounds. I think he's sort of uh started to find that that um confidence that he had that we saw at Paris. So hopefully he can build from this fifth and yeah, going into Daytona. He's a previous two fifty winner there. So I think um yeah, 
maybe even Daytona puts it puts it up on the box. Yeah, the championship stacking up so well. Obviously, there's just eight points between the top four and there's less than 20 points between the top seven. So there's 450 classes just given the fans and given all us sort of media types, really great action to talk about and to watch. And it's just, yeah, like you said, mate, the racing from the heats to the LCQs to the mains has just been absolutely awesome. And yeah, you feel with Hunter, he was just sort of stuck with AP most of the race. They were sort of having their battle for a large chunk and then he obviously made a few mistakes. And But yeah, they're sort of longer races and he's adapting to everything new with the bike and the series. So yeah, that was pretty cool and just your thoughts on sexton too jeff obviously he must be still struggling a bit because that was sort of you know sixth is solid enough he's still in the fight but just didn't look like the usual chase even though he started the day fast in qualifying and then fourth in the heat so any thoughts on him and how good was it to see mookie have some flashes of that electric speed as well even though the main event didn't go to plan he's definitely sort of looked like he had his mojo back there didn't he yeah, yeah, he's got flashes of it. I don't know if it's a uh, if it's a bike thing or just uh, you know hitting the ground a couple times. If there's something uh, maybe tweaked or bothering him that nobody knows about, and he's just playing it close to the chest, uh, I don't I don't know. But it you know, it was great to see, and the guy's uh, fan line is uh, a mile long. You know, signing autographs and all that stuff. So. All, all is well there, you know. Uh, he seems just happy and same old Mookie. So uh, I think it's just another thing coming back from injuries and getting the rust off. I just think the the level has gotten so damn high that, uh, boy, if you can be one of the best in the world and, and just struggle horribly if you're just not right on the razor's edge. You know, it's just kind of speaks to how gnarly the sport is, you know. It, it's uh, – it, it's it's just crazy and boggles my mind you know that a, a guy like Mookie is getting ninth you know and he's just on you know so fast and a badass but and Sexton yeah I think he's probably just uh uh dealing with that arm thing you know it's probably better than it was but yeah he, he didn't look uh like he was on fire and and um championship uh racing uh contention you know he he, he was he was kind of just executing right and salvaging points is what it looked like he just was not on fire out there and hey you know but hey you know you win your championships on your bad days too and he's still in it so good on him yeah brad any thoughts on sexton and mookie and obviously christian craig withdrew from the event with that injury just sort of aggravating it struggling so yeah a bit of a mixed fortunes for the huskies teams this year that's for sure obviously rj's holding the fort in his division but yeah it's been tough for those 450 guys hasn't it yeah obviously a real blow for craig going out with the with the elbow injury um mookie showed some good flashes obviously that heat race um but again again in the main event things just don't seem to to go his way i mean you don't get the start. You put yourself in situations where bad things can happen. So, it's. I mean, it's if he get if he can get it out the gate, then he's obviously got the speed to run there. But you you get these bad starts, and yeah, you put yourself in positions for bad things to happen. So, I mean, you start behind Freezy. It's like fuck me. You're up against it to begin with. So. I mean, not that anything, not that Freezy had anything to do with Mookie, but it's just another thing you've got to try and contend with. Um, so, yeah, just, yeah, obviously, I mean, he knows he needs to get better starts. Nothing, he probably hasn't been told enough and he hasn't thought about himself. But that's, um, I think that's purely where the, the, the main crux of his problems are coming from, the fact that he's starting in that mayhem that is sort of like that 7th, 15th pack um, he needs to get like a top five start and break away with the front boys. Um, and yeah, Sexton, like I said earlier, I think he's kind of, kind of reminds me of Dungey when he first moved to KTM in 2012. Just um, doesn't look bad, doesn't look spectacular. Just sort of, yeah, logging the laps. If it comes to him, it comes to him, but he's not really forcing the issue. You're not seeing any blistering lap times or... Uh, anything to write home about. It's just sort of, yeah, out there. Um, like a data test track, just putting in laps, lap after lap after lap. And I mean, sometimes that's enough to win the championship. But I think this year you, you need to have the speed, that speed as well. And I think um, that speed that he had on the Honda last year just isn't there at the moment for whatever reason. But um, yeah, just 
I mean, yeah, like I said, he doesn't. It's not like he's awful by any means. I mean, he's got a, he's he's had the red plate and he's he's up there. It's just nothing. Um, <clears throat> I, I don't look at him and think, yeah, he's uh he's he's gonna be in this right the way to the end. I I feel like he's just purely in it because everyone else has been so up and down over these first few rounds. But I think in a minute you're gonna see that level off and you're gonna see. Um, like Jet, Tomac, Webb sort of consistently be in that top five and they're going to start breaking away in the points. And um, yeah, that's when you're really going to see Sexton just sort of um, fall off the back and yeah, just the year or just sort of get away from him, I think. I mean, I don't think I could be totally wrong. I don't know what he's going through. I know he's suffering from a bit of an injury as well. So that could have something something to do with it. But yeah, just obviously from watching from the from the comfort of my living room, um, where it's very easy to criticize. Um, he just doesn't look like he's got that intensity that he had on the Honda for whatever reason. Yeah, it's certainly going to be interesting to see how his season plays out. And yeah, maybe you would have expected a bit more after that sort of week break to sort of get himself fit and primed. But yeah, Daytona's going to be a great one, like you've all said. And as we close this one off, lads, any final thoughts? Obviously, military appreciation around Jeff. The bikes were looking pretty cool. There's some great stuff there to see. The fans must have had a really nice show there from the teams that got involved in it. And just whiskey throttle, mate. You lads are crushing the content. Obviously, the Pierce Brown podcast, the Marv podcast, all excellent stuff. So how's the week looking ahead for you and the lads? And just Give us a little rundown and any final thoughts. Well, uh, some of us were actually able to make it to the Triumph thing this week. So that's a little dig at Brad. But no, uh, we're going <laughs> to – I just wanted to rub it in a little bit. Is, is, this your, is this your knife? Is this your knife in my back? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yes. No, that's not a knife. That's a dagger. <laughs> it's a, uh, what an asshole. Sorry, I couldn't resist. That was funny. Um, yeah, so Ping and those guys are down there covering it. We've got a special guest rider because uh, Dave isn't able to ride right now uh, because of his hand or whatever he's got going on there. So uh, you guys stay tuned. It's going to be pretty epic uh, when we uh, drop that. Um and uh, then we got the arena cross stuff coming up on the East Coast for Daytona. And then, of course, Daytona Supercross. And that's when our boy Jacob's going to hop in there and start doing some of the East Coast feed stuff. And uh, uh, so it'd be a little bit of shift in uh, who's out there in the field. Uh, but logistically, you know, America's a big place. And uh, boy, if we got somebody in the East Coast, that's pretty awesome. And Jacobs dropped some rad edits. Uh, he did uh, the Yamaha off-road launch up in uh, the Carolinas last week, and his stuff came out cool. Go check it out on our YouTube. And uh, I'm going back to work, and uh, I don't think I'm going to be able to weasel my way out of any uh, more work to go to a race. Uh, it's just not in the cards until Seattle. But, yeah, you know, sometimes I guess I got to go be an adult and uh, – go do my job so I can go do more racing is the way I look at it. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of where we're at right now. Um, Bruce did a, a, uh, a GP today, uh, the Dunlop kind of sponsored a team race. So we'll have that coming out and that's for that new, um, uh, what is that? The all terrain 82, I think is what they call it. The, the new off-road tires. So well, we'll have a little review coming on that. And uh, I'm going to post that up to whiskey throttles, uh, instagram here in a few minutes and then uh yeah just just kind of keep trucking man and uh we uh we've got a, a industry dual sport ride segment we're doing with our uh austrian brand bikes the uh we got a ktm 350 excf and a husky 501 uh the fc 501 which are just rad bikes so much fun if you guys haven't uh, done any dual sport riding go out and check those out um you know so we're gonna have that that episode uh of along for the ride that's gonna be your series premiere we're dropping here pretty quick so uh we're just uh trucking along and uh doing our thing and uh trying to bring some rad content out there and uh we'll tag you boys up uh when we get that uh triumph ride in there and some first impressions uh we just uh did some first impressions on uh, the beta. We were the first ones to ride the beta 450 and uh, we made a quick little edit on that. And we're going to get some more time on that thing here in the next couple of weeks. So uh, a lot of cool stuff coming out on the new bikes. Uh, so it's exciting times. And uh, hopefully uh, we have passports and we can get over and go to, go to the Ducati launch and meet Brad over there and uh, 
and uh, go have some fun. Uh, that'd be pretty rad. And uh, man, I hope I'm free when that comes out because uh, I have passport, will travel. That would be epic to go see the Ducati for the first time. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm gonna be applying for several passports and several <laughs> have a backup copy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, backup copies. Coming Jason Bourne. So, yeah, yeah. So I will be whatever test is next. I'll be there. Whether it's a Ducati or a, a Triumph Fifty, I'll uh, I'll be there. Yeah, lad, it's been a great podcast again. Thanks again for taking the time, and yeah, obviously like to thank our sponsors in Fly Racing, Fox, Scott, and Whole Shot Motorhomes, as well as Even Strokes for all their incredible support. As without them, those would be possible. All right, thanks again, lads, and all the best for the rest of the week. It should be a good one. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for having me on, man. And uh, yeah, let's catch up after the next round of Daytona, man. That'll be uh, some great stuff to talk about. I, I think that race is going to be all time. Absolutely. Well said. Have a good one. Cheers, dude. Uh, you too.